Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Rebecca Atkinson-Lord, and these are the Legacy Tapes, a series of conversations with awesome theatre people exploring what it is to try and leave something behind in the ephemeral medium of theatre. And I'm here at the Slunglow Hub with Alan Lane. I'm eating curry whilst we're doing them. Yeah, it's, it's really good curry. It's chora and mushroom. It's, it's, um, it's pretty good. It's so good, thank you. So Al- Alan's kindly shared his lunch with me, and I'm so happy about it. Mm. So we mm. were halfway through a conversation before I turned mm. this on. Do you mm. want to just carry on? Just, just the, the power of boards. I don't think it's something we talk about very much. We sort of theatre people get together, or people who are interested in talking about theatre get together and talk about what it means when an artistic director goes here, or mm. what a change it will be if this type of person gets that job. And actually, in the last three or four years, as long as grown up, and and as I've got a bit older, and therefore sit on boards and don't sit on boards and argue with people about why we don't have a board and all those things yeah. you start to think about things that I just never thought about when, when I was just trying to make the shows I wanted to make mm. and, and realised how A, long term strategically powerful they are that if you, rather than seeing the next three years or the next season if you see it in terms of what will that building look like in 10 or 20 years, those people are the people who absolutely drive the agenda Yeah, how distant they are yeah. from even the most basic arts council diversity conversation, the kind of crudity of of that which yeah, which just wouldn't be allowed in any sort of artist apart from Simon Callow and Julian Fellows. And they're the people who hire the people who hire the people. They, yeah. you know, that's important. And and also that you know, increasingly, especially here as we come under pressure and, and that and our selfs pressure getting older, having kids, all that crap. You are what you do. And you can write as many blogs and do as many speeches as you want, but you are what you do. Mm. And, and, that, and yes, we should allow people the room to have aspiration and ambition, but you are what you do. And if the most important people in your organisation are predominantly white, are predominantly old, are predominantly wealthy, predominantly professional, predominantly metropolitan, then you are what you do. And I don't want to hear any more shit from you that you are a house full, because you ain't a house for nothing, you're a house for them. And if they let other people in as their guests, you should be very lucky about that. But you are what you do, and our boards are incredibly establishment incredibly on on there are always individuals who've done this but across the board they are a very conservative force we don't have a board here and that may well change because uh it's a con it's a constant discussion and mm. there were times when it was a constant conflict we don't have a board because this organization started as uh, an ensemble as a collective and it was a company that has only been funded for the last third of its of its existence mm-hmm. and before that it was built on artists not paying themselves properly on them putting their own money back in and whether you do that job for me for free or we, I pay you and then you give me that money back in order for us to have production it's the same, it's the same thing, thing. Uh, and actually if you've already come from money you're able to look to demonstrate generosity in a way that, that you can't if you're broke then you're just working for free Yeah. Um, and that, so uh, that was where it came from which was just why would I want to give this thing that belongs to many people and shouldn't actually belong to anyone, uh, the profit of which, there is no profit here, shouldn't belong to anyone. Why Why would I want to give that to people who are the good and mighty? And actually, any recommendations we've had when we've talked about the boards, that 
that's always the, the conversation is how are you going to get there's a couple of lords in Leeds who sit on pretty much everything mm. how are you going to get that lord I, go, I don't want that lord you are what you do and that lord comes from a family who made his money in slavery mm. I don't want to do that yeah. That, but it's the it's the prevailing common sense. It's in fact to do anything else would be an act of idiocy, and therefore not having a board meant that I didn't have to engage with that. Yeah. And then also, they are fundamentally conservative, and I know there are lots of people who say I have an amazing relationship with my board, and they really empower me to do stuff. And we have advisory boards, and we have a community advisory board who have real authority here. But the risk is ours, and so when we say we're going to have the first Christian suicide bomber blow himself up basically on the steps of Sheffield Cathedral as part of a show. The risk, the political risk, the practical, obviously, risk, the, all of that risk exists with us. And, mm. and therefore, when we say we're going to do that, means we have scrutinised it. It's not recklessness. It's we'll own that risk. We will <laughs> hold that risk. Not, I've managed to convince my bosses that it's a risk too. And that actually, I think that if you're responsible, truly responsible for what you're doing, I can't quit. I can't have a hissy fit with my board and leave mm -hmm. because they go, where am I going to go? All the people who work for me, I'm going to get, <laughs> I can't abdicate that responsibility and therefore I have to stay in the thick of it and I have to compromise in a way that is in long term. And you have to solve the else. problem. have to solve the problem and, it, and I can't turn to daddy or mummy and say, please fix this for me mm. or it's your fault and I will demonstrate my principles by leaving. I will demonstrate my, you are what you do. I will demonstrate my principles by being here. Yeah. Um, and if I'm compromised and I will demonstrate, I can't say, well, I've been made to do this. I said, go, yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. I should have done better there, but I didn't, and now I'm still here. When you made this place, or when while, you, while you're making this place, because yes. it's yeah. evolving yeah. always, um, what do you want it to become? Like, what do you, because, because this place is a pebble, right? And yeah. then there are these ripples that go yeah. out. Yes. What are the ripples? What do you want the ripples to be? I'll do the idealistic, but then you must hold me to the pragmatic, because okay. everything we do is those two things. And so I will stand up and give a big speech about we believe in this, but we believe in this because uh, we couldn't believe in anything else. There is, a, there is, I think, a really exciting opportunity at the minute, given how messed up our political discourse and our social discourse is for theatre and subsidised arts generally, but specifically theatre spaces, to be a space where people can go and not be customers. And in doing that, might be unique in being able to do that. Mm -hmm. By the time they finish closing, you know, now you've got to pay to be in park run. By the time we've closed the libraries and we've screwed the schools up, it might be the last place you can go and not be a customer and be something else. Mm -hmm. And I'm very excited about the idea that that might be multi-layered other things. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not that I want everyone to come and become a communist worker. It's just something, I kind of do, something else that you can go and not be a customer. And I think that theatre, theatres are really placed to be able to do that. But over the last 25 years, for really good reasons and without anyone really being evil, <laughs> mm. our theatres don't do that. And primarily now our large theatres are run by people. They aren't run by artists more and more. We see artistic director in the second run of management. They are run by people who are constantly looking to improve and enhance the relationship of customer not examine it any other way and that's a major problem for me mm. now that's our mission that's so that's the thing we believe and what do we do about that if we, if we keep going back to this you are what you do then i can keep throwing bricks at the west yorkshire playhouse but after a little while what is the fucking point quite frankly what is the um and this is a way in which we can test some of that and of course uh and provoke some of that and of course here five railway arches there is absolutely no income generation target on this building at all 
and we and we we justify and manage that by making a lot of money from making theatre and taking none of it for any member of this company. Mm. And so there is a kind of there is a a purposeful tension there, where by being absolutely transparent and by having a company wage, we say, look, look, we li- we are literally above scrutiny here. You cannot possibly <laughs> accuse us of. Uh, being lazy or, or being unsuccessful or mm-hmm. not understanding the importance of money, but this building does not generate any income for this building. So every single penny of the box office goes to the visiting artists. The bar is run at, it's not quite a loss, but it's certainly not a profit. Um, and so the idea is to create a space in which people can come. A, they want to come. B, the types of people who might think it's not for them uh, might come. And we experiment in a number of quite old-fashioned ways of doing that. It turns out posters are better than Twitter if you want to talk to people who don't already think you're great. <laughs> it's kind of basic stuff that we do. And we yeah. get an audience who don't go to other theatres and who don't even necessarily see coming here as going to the theatre. Mm. So that's what it does. And it does it very successfully sometimes. So we had a great uh, allotment thing in bathtubs, which was a great story. And, and, and everyone kept saying, oh, in a bit, it's going to make sense as to why theatre's doing this. And actually, it didn't. It never did. We just grew vegetables. There are moments when it really catches fire and those like pay what you decide where we were not the first, but we were the first to be able to then hold on to the hand of someone in front of us. Mm. And I think Annabelle Turpin has really taken that on and is smashing it and is very generous in saying, I wouldn't have done it if I hadn't been with those guys for the fall. And actually here the risk is relatively low. The risk is to me and my team and to my family. Uh, and a kind of personal financial risk to the arts council we get 99 grand a year we turn it into 350,000 pounds a year and the risk to them is that well I'm going to run away with their 50,000 pounds risks are low and therefore we can be challenging Mm. Um, interestingly as we get older there are there are then other risks that come in but the actual risk to the organisation is limited and that's that's what this tries to do to try and uh, try different ways of doing things so a lot of we do rights groups and choirs just like most theatres do but Nobody pays, and everyone gets a proper decent meal when they turn up. And that means that different types of people come. Some people come just for the food. And everyone's like, yeah. what happens if they come just for the food? I'm like, well, then they'll awesome, really they're there. Food. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in, a, in a nation of food banks, you're welcome. The thing here that we keep holding on to as we change and move and grow a little bit, but not very much, is it's about a core team who's, who do everything. So, and I think that's something also that is missing from our theatre, that the connection between the people who make the show, let alone the people in it. If you take from the cast to the kind of governing governance, the distance now is so large and the manner in which people are paid and how they're contracted and how much time they spend in the building and what that time is for and how they talk to the public, all of that now is so disparate, even mm. in the best practice of, of... And I'm mostly talking about large buildings, not the kind mm. of Hackney Wicks or the place in the bike shed. Next, yeah. You know, the places where there is a staff and a staff structure. Mm. We're now starting to resemble supermarkets. And, and so, it's almost seen as a badge of success yeah. or a badge of honour, oh. the, the bigger that gap. Oh, the... Yeah, and the more structure you can put in place, the more protected mm. the executive, then the board, then the funders can be from anyone doing anything mm. that might be wild and reckless, the, the more you succeed. And that and capital projects. I mean, no, nobody loved the fucking glory of capital projects more than, more than funders and boards. But that's, that's the ambition is to try and be different and to be a testbed and to be... Uh, the place where an alternative discourse can happen. Sometimes that's very successful, sometimes that's very not. So mm. one of the things we've been looking at is this idea of philanthropy and going, well, we, you know, we're in Holbeck, we're in one of the poorest neighbours in Leeds, where how is philanthropy uh, useful to us? But it has to be because these edicts come down that everyone now must be environmental and you go, okay, what happens in a building with no heating? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. 
in that philanthropy, and so we, we, and we have a company wage which allows us to be able to measure people's time very clearly. It doesn't matter who you are, your time is measured the same. That's the principle that no mm -hmm. one is more important than any other. And so all of a sudden people giving time can be given a really clear financial value, which is pretty much unarguable. Mm -hmm. If you've come and spent the day weeding the garden, that's 100 quid, because if you'd come and spent the day directing a show, that would have been 100 quid. Yeah. And that actually allows us to be able to demonstrate reasonably rigorously, as long as you allow for that piece of rhetoric, um, that we actually our community are giving us thousands of pounds every year mm. but they're not doing it in cash because they don't have any cash yeah. but if philanthropy part of the argument has always been about well if people really care about what you do and it's of a quality enough they will give you their money only works in a world where everyone has some money and some choices around mm -hmm. money which is part of the problem of the disconnect between people who say that sentence like it makes complete sense mm. don't realise that about 35% of the population have absolutely no, no spare money. money. It's not like, going, well, I could spend it on booze or I could spend it on slung. There's no fucking money. Mm. They're desperate. And therefore, um, trying to find other ways of going, well, okay, that seems like a really, that seems like an absolute guarantee to lock out 35% of the population who've already been locked out three or four different ways. Let's try a different, and that's what we do. Where that really comes from is the pragmatic is that they wouldn't give us any more money at the Arts Council until we got an office because we were working out the, my dining room and we were turning over £200,000 a year and there was a kind of checkbook and a, and a, and yeah. a sort of folder with some things in it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and brilliantly being provoked into you will get an office and there was a real going we don't want an office because an office in Leeds will cost about twenty five grand by the time you, mm. you only get £99,000 a year. That's not a useful way to spend our money. And then once once it became clear that there was no budging them, and we we spent a year arguing about it, is what is the most useful way for us to have an office? And mm. and actually, what we've ended up with is we we're, we're an office in a metal box in, the, yeah. in our yard. Um, the most useful thing we can do is spend the money we would have spent on a nice inner city office with a glass table and spend it on a huge and ridiculous um, series of railway arches that are cold, but they are available to anyone and anyone who wants them is given a set of keys we've never been robbed by anyone with keys mm. same rules with the van if you're over 25 and you need our vans then here's the keys same with all our kit if you have need of it then it's literally a two quote what is your name what are you doing and how long do you need it for removing the barriers between the resources and, and the thing has been the key here so if we have to have an office what's the most useful one so in the early days bless them rash dash moved in but it turned out that this was far too cold a complex for people to have an office in mm. but actually we've developed we now have a dormitory we now have uh, an 80 seater uh, studio theatre of sorts it's a, it's a space and it gets toasty like I've, I've yeah. you like those Argo yeah. thingies and they're awesome yeah and you get, a, you get a hot water bottle and a blanket when you come in and no show should ever last more than 75 minutes at the hub and there's some really good examples in Yorkshire of theatre that had something that had a connection with people that had a relationship beyond customer and provider of entertainment and then they changed the bricks and mortar and they changed the structure and where they sat in society and they thought everyone would come with them mm. and they don't and they don't because the thing changes me and you might have a favourite pub and we might go to it and amazing and the beer might be exactly the same down the road and the song the jukebox might be exactly but there's something about that place yeah. and it's about creating a relationship and you throw that away and and the slightly snidey comment earlier about capital is about this argument of going don't the people of Holbeck deserve a fancy theatre don't they deserve one with a glass dome and you go yes of course they do but what what's the most useful thing we can do and in Hull uh, to a lesser degree in Liverpool and in places these places have been transformed and then they've gone and you go oh 
turned out there was some magic going on there. Yeah. There was something about that moment. Because actually, what the people deserve is that is a place with a soul. Yes, absolutely. And they deserve they yeah they deserve somewhere strong enough to try and create a set of relationships that aren't just servicing customer. That they deserve many things. But this idea that the that everybody deserves a building that looks like the Young Vic is is ridiculous. And mm. all these places are the same. They, that they are the measure by which uh, all other things are, are valued. And that that is done by a very small group of people with a mm. very set of a very clear set of aesthetic, political, and social considerations that go. That's that's if we have that, we'll have made it. And it reminds me of the kind of the Victorian town halls. You know. My name is Garthwaite, and I will build a town hall to demonstrate <laughs> that I am more powerful than Slytherin. Down that Slytherin's in Harry Potter, and I think that uh, that's a problem. And, and I don't know, and I don't know. There's a damn thing that any artistic director in this country can do about that because that that problem is held at a much higher level than all those people. Because at some point over the last thirty years, we kind of abdicated our complete authority, mm. and that's a real shame. Because actually, you know, a proper, proper creatively led buildings are, when they happen, are exciting things. Um, but the structure, the infrastructure is, is not there. And that's what this was. This was an attempt to be useful in being pushed down that kind of, you can't just stay an itinerant bunch of theatre makers if you want to be making shows of more than 40 grand production budgets mm. or whatever it is. And we went, okay, we're going to go legit, but we're going to go legit in our way. And every single time, and it hasn't always worked, but every time we've given a new whether it be philanthropy or the measuring of audience postcodes, which is the latest thing, environmental policy before that, whatever it is where you go, we want all 30 companies to be able to fit through this door marked philanthropy. We've mm. always gone, okay, but this might involve us taking some of this door down and try when we have the energy to scrutinise that. You're rejecting the premise of the question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But also living in a world, and this is this is about the comment. They're going, well, I need the fucking money. I mean, like, literally everything we do is pay what you decide, and most of the time I give the box office away. Yeah. So, you know, I can, I can keep I can keep prodding the arts council, and I can keep sometimes trying to convince. But you can't actually bite the hand that feeds me too hard. So I have to play that game. I have to fill in my my form at the end of the year like everyone else. But that doesn't mean that I have to spend any time trying to get a lord to join my board you said a way about something about there isn't any risk apart from to us and our employees like it's personal financial yeah. risk and i had a conversation with the chair of a board recently of of a big zhuzhi building yeah in the regions um with a turnover of like well let's call it four million and he said something along the lines of well you know there are 219 employees mm. here so we have to we have to yeah. think responsibly and carefully for them when yeah. and that influences how much artistic yeah. risk we can take and you yeah. kind of say fuck that to that. Yeah, well, I, I suppose what I say is that um, it, it feels like there's a kind of monoculture which is about all organisations are fundamentally the same uh, when, when you boil it down. And I think that some organisations should be different. So I think something shouldn't have to make a profit. I don't think mm. libraries should have to generate an income, for yeah. example. And I think that theatres main job isn't to create an environment in which their staff are secure that's not the primary thing it's a responsibility of management and it's one we, one we take responsibility of employment and one we take really seriously mm. but it's not one the industry takes very seriously there is no responsibility of employment about actors or choreographers or all sorts of things mm. but it's when we get to that conversation you're having all of a sudden goes, well we have a responsibility Hang on. It's an exploitative responsibility. Yeah, you have. Yeah, absolutely. It's on these people not having that. Completely. And it it was also a series of choices that were made and made for people in which you found yourself. 
Yeah, and, and lots of everything about Liverpool's history, Liverpool everyone's history, is apocryphal and mostly made up. And that's st- I still it doesn't matter. I still believe it. It doesn't just matter that it's it's like the Bible. People die for this shit, and I will die for the history of Liverpool <laughs> Everyman. When they started, there was a load of people on the stage. There was one guy who ran everything that was from the front of the stage back, and one and one guy who ran everything that was from the front the front row of the auditorium out into the world. And they did all right. <laughs> and I think that. Uh, the world has changed, of course the world has changed, but we've also applied a whole series of legislations and uh, thinkings and belief structures that belong to other industries, to theatre, because we weren't confident enough in our own. And therefore we are, we operate basically like restaurants mm-hmm. and bars that happen to have mm-hmm. this entertainment thing on its side. And I think that's a real problem. And, and the way that you can see that, it's a slow slow change over the last probably 20 years, where the people at the top of the tree have moved down the tree and the people have moved around. And now you see it recently, a number of big jobs were, were advertised. And in, and in the, um, you go, hang on a minute, the, the artistic director sits in a management team of six, sits alongside the person who's responsible for restaurants. And, and, and when you kind of say that in that tone and go, whoa, they yeah. go, well, yeah, of course. You know, the restaurant turns over this much money and does all that. How did we get to this point? How did we get... and. How did we get to to the point where something that cannot be quantified or or measured is is absolutely measured in purely financial terms? Yes, yeah, and and because I think in the long run what we end up with is is the the defeat of public subsidy. The argument is inherent in how we're operating now. So if if the idea is that um, you you get that money and that allows you to make more money, then at some you know at some point you go well that's fine, just keep hold of the extra money you've made and we won't need to give you any yeah. more money, and and it, that's really clear that that's that's the agenda. And what's and it was that moment when George Osborne, everybody cheered. George Osborne stood up and said, "We believe in the arts because it returns whatever you know whatever it was. We, we've had for every pound we, we invest, to get four back, four fourteen, three and a half. I mean, you, I mean, making this shit up now. Mm. I mean, but he said it and everyone cheered and I went. But we said that as one of eight arguments we were making about the arts. That man just stood up and that's the only thing he said. Yeah. So now any bit of art that doesn't make... And Sunder doesn't make £4.50 for every pound you put in. I mean, we, we ironically do generate that income, but we do it entirely from other subsidised theatres under commissions. <laughs> it's the same money going round and around and around. And so any art that doesn't generate that income is now failing art. Art that, you know, like the schools... Well, if we bring in the right management, we maybe and then they they apply the right structures that we've seen have worked at the old Vic. Mm. We could have them doing that. No, because the theatre is about a relationship with the people and the place, and therefore each of the time the people and the place change, so do the theatres. Uh, so and so should what they do, and so should how they are built, how they are operated. I'm suspicious that the structures of every single producing theatre in this. Are more or less more or less the, the same. same. That their programmes look suspiciously similar, and you're like, how can they look suspiciously similar? Because doing work there and doing work there should be different because those people are different. Mm. Mm, that seems to me not quite right. No one makes work in the vernacular of the place. No, and I think this thing about we have to look after our staff is um, that's not. We wouldn't allow that of a hospital. Hospitals there to look after patients and uh, and. When if a chief executive said, "Well, we have to do right by our stuff," no, of course you do. That is not the. Pro- that is not That's the not primary. what this place exists. It's for. not what it's for, and it's also not. Um, and we've had this with the Labour Party. You know, is the Labour Party for the MPs, or is the Labour Party for the members, or is the Labour Party for the nation? And we're having this argument, but it, it strikes me as preposterous that you would say that a theatre exists in order to look after its staff. 
of course you look after your stock. Even an outfit like us that started, as I say, as a collective, then became an ensemble, uh, and then and then now is a kind of company in which people work because everyone got old and decided they no longer wanted to look at spreadsheets. There's still a responsibility. I work with the same people that I did 12 years ago, and, and six of those years they, they weren't paid. So there's a, there is a looking after. You don't get the best creative work from people if you don't look after them. Anybody who thinks otherwise is a buffoon. And of course there's a responsibility, but that doesn't dictate what we do and how we do it and it shouldn't um, and I'm always suspicious because it's always at the point when a theatre is doing something quite dull and therefore absolutely not in the interest of the art form and probably not in the interest of their audience that they decide it's their staff that need to be cared for the most and I think the discrepancy between the type of longevity and uh, reward that uh, staff of buildings get in comparison to especially some of the artists who have made organisations names. Yeah. And you're like, well, hang on a minute. Uh, that's big. Which doesn't mean that I want administrative staff to be paid any less. I just want there to be a, a conversation that are about the principles of who is this building for. Mm. And then the final, the final rant of this is theatre buildings do their main bit of work at 7.30 when the audience come in. And the main majority of staff aren't there then. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is strange. Mm-hmm because you wouldn't ever have in a shopping centre managers and people who decide, you know, who only ever turned up to gala openings, who were never in the shopping centre any other time. And I, and I do think, and, and, absolutely, and I know that as this goes out, if they're listening, marketing managers of regional theatres will go over and go, I work my socks off. Yes, you do, and so do I. But the manner in which you work, the style in which you work, and, what, and who and what you work to needs to be investigated. Because a lot of the time, and we've seen this actually recently, you could be, you could be running a cinema you could be running a shopping center you could be running a pub and those skills are applied in theater and i don't think that's right i think that's different i think we are different and and how i know we're different is we don't obey the rules of market slumlo can't exist without subsidy let go and we've been very clear with all the people who fund us we would not exist unless you have this money to go this money allows you to build a big wall and keep market forces on the other side of it mm. If we let market forces in, only an idiot would try to give away free theatre in one of the poorest areas in a declining industrial northern town as a business proposition. It isn't a business proposition, it's an artistic proposition. And a humanitarian one. Absolutely. And, and the money lets us do that. And that's how I know we're different, because we are different. Mm. We are a special... But I think there's plenty of... You know, I feel the same way about healthcare and education and the military. There's all sorts of... Uh, and the police. All sorts of people who you don't want to be driven by market forces and the idea of is there anyone who can deliver this cheaper yeah there absolutely is look how that worked out in Iraq I think there's all sorts of people and all sorts of types of society that should be protected from market forces they are not as clever as we'd like to think they are and theatre should be and we seem to have given that up and it makes us it makes us all cogs in the in the big capitalist machine serving the the thing the capital the profit rather than the thing that should really be that we built to serve us right this society lark yeah so if, if, the pure, if the end goal is to entertain a bunch of people to the point where they're willing to give you a, um, a load of money, which is more money than you spent to build the thing, mm. that's, the, that's the market force of it. Yeah. And you go, great, I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do any of this. This is a preposterous way. If you want to do it like that, do the tattoo, the military tattoo. If I can keep my mouth shut long enough and doing these sorts of things, one day I'm going to get that job. And, and that's an amazing model. People pay a fortune for it. It's, all theatre should look like this. No theatre should look like Chris Good. If we're actually following up, but there's, that doesn't make any sense for any of us to be doing that. Mm. 
and yet uh, there is a hierarchical system. You think I'm joking about the tattoo, but I really want that. <laughs> there is a hierarchical system which is implicit even in some of the most sort of alternative or upstream or other places in the industry that we will upgrade, and one day, you know, one day you will get a big building. And you mm. go, well, but those guys that run those buildings aren't stupid. They didn't want to go and do the monoculture. They got there and discovered there was no choice but to do it mm. like this. So they kept. So they kept doing it in order to keep the... Do you think there is no choice? Like, Because there's a bit of me that thinks, because I am naive, right? Like, I, I, I am an optimist because otherwise I will die. There's nothing wrong with it. We're accused of being naive all the time. What's the alternative? Yeah, like, well, exactly. Right, so there's a hope. bit of me that thinks that some somewhere, one day, like, like we're going to grow up yeah. <laughs> and someone will go, all right, Let's try that on yeah. a bigger scale, and it will be glorious. I think that will happen. I think my suspicion, and then last, what's interesting is quite a few interesting jobs have been up this last year. So you've seen, you've seen the merry, you've seen everyone on the merry-go-round, yeah, and go, and you, and you've gone. Oh, they're talking to them. That's interesting. Uh, oh, okay, they're thinking about that, and then and then they've all settled. Yeah, and you go, oh, okay, great. And as always. It, most of them are still administrators. But it's, okay. it's basically the same, you know, fine. Yeah. It's the same thing, you know, where, where we were. Uh, but I think there is a decline. I think that where the best examples that we can hold on to, and I think Daniel's a really good example of someone who's taken something and made a success of it. Daniel Evans, because that Daniel was before Evans, we started recording that oh, sorry, conversation. Yeah, Daniel Evans. I, I'm a big, I'm, I'm not, I mean, as, as this one, I'm, I'm, I don't believe in, in, in willy washing anyone for the sake of uh, some sort of industrial harmony. But uh, actually, I'm a big fan of uh, Daniel Evans. I think uh, we really enjoyed working for him. But there are many more uh, people who are not succeeding in that way. Mm. And the rate of decline, part, partly under sheer funding pressure and lots of others, and a lack of imagination and the generation. And again, there are some really great notable exceptions, but you can... The generation that are in charge of our producing theatres now are fucking tired. And you can see it in their eyes, they're tired. And I work for most of them, and they're tired, and most of them have been in their gigs for a very long time. And they're tired. <laughs> they're just tired. <laughs> and they're going to run out of the clock. And, and I'm and, tired now, though. I'm tired now. Well, I, and I bet we all are. But, but, there's, but um, I suppose what I mean is tired. They don't, I don't think they've got any more ideas. Mm. And they'll run out the clock, and eventually one of those buildings is going to go to the wall, and that's when they'll ring someone like you or someone like me and go, do you want to take over? When it's in the fucking gutter. <laughs> it's in the pan. When, when it can't get any worse. When it can't get any worse, they'll go and... and I, we almost word for word this conversation with the Oscars recently. Right? I said, when it's absolutely fucked, you will ring. And probably not me. I'm not that vain. But someone like me, someone, someone uh, by which I mean, uh, <laughs> not, not a white heterosexual man, uh, but so, <laughs> so someone who has been talking about a different uh, philosophy for a, for a for a different way of being for a long enough time for it to make some sense to give them more responsibility, and and they will have to climb up the biggest fucking hill there is. The uh, the sad thing is, is that there's a load of resource there now, and yeah. and they say there's no money. In fact, there's loads of money. So much, money. so much money, and we spend it in a certain way, and it's spent. Argue, it's justified spending that way because of pragmatics. Those, but like, I have to look after my stuff, and those pragmatics absolutely are set, uh, set on a load of belief, uh, beliefs and principles that these guys who are in charge now didn't agree to they didn't mm. they just walked into the job and went oh we believe why do we believe all of that's a weird thing that's the thing to believe in 1997 this is 2014 yeah. now don't believe 
oh, oh, because my board and the... Oh, I see, right. Well, then I'll move within that. And I think anyone who takes over now and who wants to do anything radically different is doing it through concrete. And I've seen, and there's some... I mean, I, I know I've been disparaging, but there were some brilliant, brilliant people in charge of things at the minute. And I'm big fans, and I won't name any of them because I'm about to kill them with with faint praise but you can see their effort to make change you can mm. see their effort to recalibrate the principles and beliefs and that that is through concrete and and the other thing so just on what you said about entirely is it was true so when erica wyman took over gate what was she mm. 12 was she 26 or something she took yeah. northern stage at 29 which means that she's going into the deputy artistic director whilst there is a vibrancy and yeah. energy about her and it was true if you go back generation before or in fact two generations before people would re- realistically Richard Eyre was doing uh, the Edinburgh Lyceum at like 14 or something yeah. daft running yeah. Nottingham for people four years people run the arts at 23 you know so you could have Richard Eyre deciding that in Nottingham that it was a good idea to commission Ken Campbell no now they're all sainted bearded men but if you look at the equivalent people mm. it would be like giving over the main stage of Leicester to Chris Good. This would you you would be removed from post for doing that. Almost thirty years ago, it gave us some of the most interesting stuff to talk about yeah. regional theatre, and and the same as the sort of uh, not even a really good example where the, the came after air was a strike feminism. Then you have batshit crazy shit going on over in Liverpool. Then you have science fiction nonsense for three years, and there were people who were much younger. And what you have to demonstrate now. Uh, and, and quite openly, it's not a hidden thing. They they say it to your face. You go, we're looking, we're looking for a for a calmer, more mature. You go, great. I don't think that artistic leadership is about the adjectives you've just told me. Mm. I think it is about something else. And what's interesting is, will this generation? And I understand I'm getting old now, but will the will the lot who have been slightly locked out, mm. when they finally get their go, will they hold their nerve? Because I think that when you if you've worked freelance or worked for an organisation like Slung Low on 500 quid a week and then you get the job and you go and, and you, you, you know it's going it's going down there but you go it's £50,000 a year and you go wow God, I don't want to be fired in 18 months <laughs> I really don't want to be fired yeah. in 18 months and I've seen that happen and where you go yeah having gone from it's great with a pizza to living a completely different life because you're fucking tired because you've done 20 years mm. you know we make 9 to 10 shows a year here that's not sustainable. We've been doing it for 10 years. It is not possible to make that much work. Some of them are terrible. No, we shouldn't say that out loud. <laughs> but, but you we, should. We it's really important we say some shit's terrible. We make a lot of work in order to make our mm. model work and in order to be useful and in order to be able to put bread on the table. And after a little while, that's fucking exhausting. So I don't have any... I don't condemn anyone who gets that job and goes, I'm tired now. And I just like... And you go, yeah, okay. But I think someone's got to take one of those organisations and rip the damn roof off. Mm. If only to demonstrate can this work. What do you think it would take? Because, you know, I have a list. I have a list of the gossip of the places where it's gone to shit and been saved secretly. I'm sure you do. Oh, God, the amount of money they've what piled it, into two or three Northern Thirties is ridiculous. What would it take? I don't... Um, to, for, for one of them to close. Or for them to go, Oi, Alan, sort this shit out. I think the difficulty is, is that... Is the, probably at most levels of the Arts Council... And in fact, they, I mean, I spoke at a conference recently where they got the chief executive and the artistic directors in a room and then had a load of different people shout, shout at them about different things in the hope that it would... And actually, I, I, you know, there's nothing quite like shouting at the people who employ you for... Oh, <laughs> but it, but it, I don't think that... The, I don't think any of the people in that room 
can can change that. I think and worked for for Ian Brown, and, and who was at the playoffs before James Bryan, mm. and 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 actually he's a really really lovely guy, and he and I owe him a great deal. He's much maligned by a particularly Leeds has a bigger problem than Ian fucking Brown. Ian mm. Brown was a very nice man and a very good director, but. I remember a conversation, if he didn't say this, then it was around the conversations. I'm not directly quoting him because he'll only bring me and tell me I'm wrong. But if you put Twelfth Night on in September and it doesn't sell, then there's something about people not wanting to come to the theatre. Because you put Twelfth Night on in September, that's what you do. That's what you do. It's a wise thing to do. It's a safe thing to do. And if it doesn't work, it's not your fault. Maybe it's because they're bored of Twelfth Night in September. If you put on Joel Horwood's... Whatever Joel Horwood's doing next... I did the count once Christopher Joel Horwood was brilliant if you put that on then it doesn't sell mm. you shouldn't take a risk on your writing if you put on Chris Good yeah, really is Chris ready for a mainstream audience if you, I don't know why Chris is getting named how is Chris n- I mean because to me in my world Chris is like yeah I know well that's yeah we, we live, Yeah, there's such a wide yeah. the kind of upstream theatre incorporates so many people that from from yeah but you, be, but there is a received wisdom of how you are successful and if you go against that you've got to win if you go with it, you don't have to win. You don't have to win. I have sat in so many Twelfth Nights that have played to barely fucking anyone, mm. and that's because we didn't get the marketing right, or we got to maybe cast up. But it was the right. But it no, it's because it's yeah. five hundred years old, and we've seen it. Because it's because yeah, and it's because I'm it's bored. But there, there is a received, and and if you take that out of individual shows at individual times of the year, um, it, it continues. There is a received wisdom of. Well, you're fine. Your tactic and your strategy was right. Maybe you need a different director of communications. If you go, actually, fuck that. No more Twelfth Night. I am going to put on a play about anti-Semitism and I'm going to get it done now because that's what we should be talking about fucking now and Mm -hmm. I'm going to rehearse it in two weeks and that doesn't work, then you're a madman trying something mad and you're mad and you're not really... Okay, but I bet they'll sell to the same fucking four people. I bet the same (laughs) fucking... And... The number of things we, you know, the, the, we, we make now large-scale, community-engined, political plays that happen in the streets of, of our northern cities. That are, I mean, the last one was about English nationalism and, and, and fundamentalism, and the one before that was about Islamic fundamentalism in the place where the 7-7 bombs come from. Mm. But because it's community theatre, it, everyone goes, oh, that's fun. And we play to the same number of people as your banker, whatever your banker is, your Jane Austen, your Shakespeare, whatever. It's the mm. same number. We lose the same amount of money. We just look fucking wild doing it. But they're all risks. Even when they come off, they're risks. Whereas do your Midsummer Night's Dream. How many dreams are there this year? Do your dream, and it doesn't quite work, and the board goes, well, you know, that's we sold a bit more before when we did it five years ago. That should be the first alarm bell ring. There is something about risk and vision and direction. And I think it's because there is a set of principles and they are fundamentally conservative small C principles about civic value of art, which is why we want nice buildings, places that people... It's the fucking town hall of northern England argument all over again driven by exactly the same types of people that 120 years ago would have been building red brick town halls but now they run theatres and I think that's that's a problem and that's why I don't particularly judge any of the people not being able to fix it now and I think whoever goes into one of those sinking things as we have seen recently with some people going and coming if they don't have the authority to tell the board shut up we're doing it like this for three years they're done trust me or fire me and I think you've got to do this, and, and, and this is interesting because I think it's happened to a number of us in the last few months. 
You do that at interview. You do that at the th- when that phone rings and it's that same fucking headhunter that does every single bad the whole yeah. other thing. Every single job in this country. You go, I am going to do this. Well, they're not going to get you. What and I'm you go gonna... in and you say, I'm an innovator and if that's not cool, don't make me waste the train fare. I'm going to, yeah. And, and so whatever it is, my thing is, I, you know, we will, we will change the relationship with the audience and make it one that isn't a, about an advancement on customer we're going to look at it differently mm. and when you're talking to someone whose job it is to protect an investment from the government normally a lawyer normally on at least three of the northern buildings that Captain. have anything to do with yeah someone who actually asset manages a mm. wealth manager in the north of england uh, and then either a, there's normally an academic or a those people you go in and go so yeah it's this system of capitalism i'm not <laughs> sure that it's going to be around forever and those people go Okay, he's clearly a fucking communist. And I think, and and of course there are others, and and there are plenty of other people who are much smarter than me who think alternatively. But fundamentally, they are thinking alternatively, looking at the societal structure and saying, I don't think this will sustain forever. And I think one of the things that our theatre buildings are seen to be done by councils, especially, especially local councils, the only reason they're funding them now, is that they hold our structure of civic beliefs together. Mm. They're there with the swimming pool and the gymnasium. They are those things. They are building blocks. And someone comes along and goes, I'm pretty sure you could have a Leeds Playhouse without a building. And everyone goes, are you mad? Guys, you've got seven fucking theatres in this city. Mm. In this city centre you have seven. How many would you like? Mm. You're spending all of this money doing this. I, I, I'm, I, I'd love to see someone ask me the other day alright then smart ass what would you do I'd, go, I'd stop giving all the money for doing things to buildings because they use and it's, and it's one of the reasons I love these capital projects and you go it's costing 7 million but you're asking for two to 9 because the 2 extra is actually going to keep your core thing because you manage to get every single core member of staff and bind them into that capital mm. so if these people don't keep building shit and don't keep putting new seats in they can't pay their staff and that's why we keep growing. And then, of course, there's people, because they've built it in, they're going to have an increased income generation. A generation, an income generation target that they can't hit now, no. they're going to be able to hit once they've been closed. And there's, this, and there's this assumption that in so many buildings, we're not, we're not, we need this new building in, able to, in order to make us more financially resilient. It's like, if you can't fucking generate 20 quid, how are you going to generate 800? Yeah. And, and, and one of those things is because we've got a staff of 200 and therefore we've got a wage bill of X, so we need to raise that money. And you go, yeah, you can't. You could just, you just, it's not that you're not making great theatre, it's not that you're not a lovely chief exec or whatever else it is. Mm-hmm. This game doesn't work. And here in the North, we have, and I mean, I think the best model, the most interesting model that combines the low and the high and the interesting everything else is Sheffield. They are doing it better than anyone else. And when they do anything, it is done well. It may well be that you look at it and go, well, I wouldn't have done that, but mm. it's done well. Mm. And the number of things that are needed in order to make they have, they have a huge commercial house that they don't even touch and just put commercial product into yeah. it they have they close for six weeks of the year in order to put cru- uh, snooker in and and with literally their name right and they, those things are so uniquely fucking the idea that you can recreate that anywhere else you go this this sheffield isn't this isn't the demonstration of how it can be done well sheffield is the demonstration of how many fortunate historical accidents you need to get to the point where people come in and run that show well that yeah. It doesn't seem like there's a strategy anymore about any of this, about what are our theatres for, how are they going to be more interesting. There is an incredibly market-driven, profit-generation-driven conversation that will lead to theatres in places that can't manage that and thinking really, you know, 
Fuck Liverpool. That is a new fucking... They're building a new theatre between Manchester and Liverpool. Between Manchester and Liverpool. Fuck. And Hull and Newcastle. And, you know, you're like, if you can't be different with your... If you're, if you're going to be forced to play the game of how much money do people pay, that's how much they love you. All those places will lose. Whereas the more interesting model is what's happening in Derby, where they go, okay, well let's let's look at let's look at education as a thing. Hmm. Let's look at just these places that do things differently. Then there's a bit of life there. You go, okay, there's, there's some there's some friction there. Hmm. But otherwise, it's twelfth nights all round in September. All right, I'm wrangling you back to the the point yeah. of the conversation. Oh, yeah, I can't remember what that was. Which was like legacy and shit. Legacy and shit, yeah. 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 So what's I don't know, like, is there a legacy? Are you leaving a legacy, Alan? What is slow low? <laughs> Can't let go. It's so... Yeah, sorry. Uh, well, uh, like, what, like, what? So, I, so, one thing we've said a lot, and and then and then when we we used to say it six years ago, it didn't cost us anything, and now, of course, it costs us a lot, and that's okay because principles are no good unless they are actually put under any mm. pressure, unless they're just blog posts. Is that uh, if we decide that this is no more for whatever reason? Then they shouldn't go to you know someone really brilliant who I find really James Blakey's a brilliant young director, increasingly not like a really mm. lovely guy. They shouldn't go to James Blakey and go, "Here's Slunglow. Would you like Slunglow? Come and do this." Because Slunglow is made up of a load of people who grew up in, and we were the people who found this company were all first first to university, absolutely no theatre history at all, entirely from a working class background. He said they want to run a theatre company, and if you do that and you keep going for sixteen years, you end up here. Mm-hmm. This place works because everybody who works here gets £500 a week. Everybody who works here is willing to drive the van. We all have van licences. We all have food hygiene. that only works because of that. And some days that's amazing. And it's like being perpetually on camp. And some days I think I have done over 100 shows. I'm about to do the National Commemoration of the Battle of the Somme. I'm getting old. Do I really want to clean the toilet today? And that's okay because I did that to me. And that is a constant conversation with me and, and me and the gang. And there'll be a day when we go, we don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. If we hand it over to someone else, the first thing that any board who took over would say is, you have to pay them more money. Because you can't ask an artistic director who does national programs, who directs at the RSC to work for 24 grand a year. You just can't do it. And the minute you pay anyone any more money from this place, and we've done it, we've done all the kind of the... You go, well, we need to raise more income. We make nine shows a year. So we would have to... We can't make any more shows than that. It's preposterous. Mm. So we'd have to make shows in the markets that provide us more money. So now, all of a sudden, we wouldn't do tours of rugby clubs in in northern towns. We would have to do more corporate work. Mm. So the identity of the company changed in order to make it survive. Or what you'd really do is go, we're going to have to start taking some money from the shows that visit the hub. So now coming to the hub and pay what you decide means that more often than not, the people who come here do at least as well here, more often than not, better than other places they go of a similar size. Now they're going to do less well. So now all of a sudden the hub, as being an oasis of other, of different, of, of pushing back the market forces, is now so... So why should anyone have to deal with this shit where we got here and we're holding it all together with goodwill and effort? Mm. The minute it becomes a thing that must be sustained, it changes its identity. Mm-hmm. So a much bolder thing would be is to go, I'm done. I Whatever, I'm going to go and be a goat farmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the money back, Arts Council. We're closing. It would take us a month to move out maximum. By the time we'd flogged everything off, that would pay off the last bill. So it would, it would, be, a white, it would be a clean sweep. Here's the money back. We didn't spend a penny more than you gave us. Give it to someone else. You could go into the West. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
go go give it to go give it to Javed Ali Poor over in mm. Bradford, who is a brilliant young man who desperate needs a vehicle who's going to push it. Give it to Commonwealth and say, Commonwealth, here's ninety nine grand a year. Be mm. you, but use that money so that instead of having to faff around each month trying to work out how you're going to pay your mortgage, paid your mortgage. Two members of staff have their mortgages paid. Got an office. What are you going to do with that? That that seems to me, but they won't. They won't do that. They'll say, and this is the big thing. What's your what's your um exit strategy? Yeah, okay, I haven't got an exit strategy. I'm directing the national commemoration about some. Doing a show at the RFC next year. I'm making two shows for Hull. Probably do a little caravan tour. We're going to move the bedroom around in here. I don't know. And then next year we'll do something else. And next year we'll do something else. And we'll continue to. Mm. Being as no one's willing to commit to fund me for the next four months at the rate, say so four years in the next rate, why should I commit to what I'm going to do for the next four years? And that strikes me as the most sensible thing. If we were to build this system here in order for it to sustain the loss of every member of staff over mm. six months, which is what's happened to a member of theatres nearby, the system would have to change. Mm-hmm. So the thing would change. The demands for a sustainability and a longevity change the thing. But actually, we've scrutinised the thing. So is really what we should do, instead of having these big like umbrella organisations that that people fit into the structures of and they suck... Not always, but most of the time, yeah. right? Should we let's you know lay waste to all of that? Yes. Some sort of nuclear burning bomb. ceremony. Burning ceremony. I was at the ceremony. RSC live the other day. I was actually in Stratford, and I thought if only if only the alternative thirteen had drone strike capabilities, they could have used my watch <laughs> as a GPS tracker. I would have sacrificed myself because you would have you would have knocked out top twenty five percent of the yeah. theatre industry, and you and, and everyone would have got to move up. Yeah. And then you, you know you would have got I don't know what you would have something like um, National Theatre Studio or something. You know, do you know what I mean? <laughs> you just, they don't yeah. have that anymore. They have yeah, the other yeah. thing. But you, I mean, the only work, yeah. You, yeah, and everyone would have just gone up one, and yeah. you would have been like, oh shit. And we, you know, Unlimited would have been really bewildered as to why they'd been given Bristol Old Vic. Fuck it, fuck it, fine, it works. So, uh, so right, so should we do this thing where... Because I'm just thinking about... You guys are like mushrooms, right? You kind of pop up and you grow in the place where you will you will flourish. And then when you won't flourish there, you die. Yeah. I, That's I, what an ecosystem I mean, is, right? Yeah, we should I, run it more like an ecosystem. Yeah, I think we, we, we have no way... And this is... There's no way of killing a theatre. The Arts Council can't allow it. Because the minute they shut the money down, there'll be a big decaying theatre in the middle of the town. The Arts Council will become the least popular people in the world. The board, the board of the charity, actually have in their thing their mission is to keep it going. That's actually their their, their kind of legal responsibility. Mm. So to to be able to say actually, I'll pick on them because they're nearby and they're terrible. Uh, they're teasing. Uh, Westwick's Place is no longer the best the best way of generating theatre in Leeds. They just aren't. That's not. It's not a res- mm. reflection on an individual. They're just not. So we're going to close that model down. And this is the other model. That's an impossible conversation to have. So what we have is, we don't necessarily like all of the model of how the worship plans works, so we're going to do something different. So you introduce Transform Festival, you, you, you change all the staff, you do everything else, but the structures are much more powerful than all that, so you end up in exactly the same mm. place. So we've got to learn how to kill things, and I think that in order to let other things arrive. And I think the biggest thing is that people and time and place come together with funding and really amazing things happen. And whatever bent you are, of theatrical, of, of who your theatrical heroes are, they're about individuals who hit the moment and are supported to do something extraordinary. The people who come after them are normally always terrible. So where you have, bang, wow, what a force of energy in Leeds... Uh, we had Jude Kelly and mm. lots of people hate it, lots of people like it doesn't matter everyone except 
bang, something happened because there was an energy, there was a thing that was supported. The actual structures that were there clearly don't work because we have exactly the same structures now and we haven't got that burst mm. of energy and it will come again. Grandage in Sheffield, what came after that, not so much. Then Daniel came back flourishing, new guy, maybe. It's about individuals and the structures are the things that get in the way. And so we end, but at the minute we have people who value the building, the buildings because they are more per- permanent. But the people who are valuing those buildings, they're not valuing them for the same reason me and value me and you value theatre. They're mm. valuing them for a completely different set. They would have been happy with a really nice motorway bridge. We should have given them a really, really nice, nice motorway, motorway bridge. bridge and leave the theatres to because the best form of progress of, of any change, progressive or but the best form of progressive change is not the large organisations who and in the north that's nearly always a producing theatre and yet we've got into the habit in the last five years of well we'll nurture a new ta- a new nurture a new artist well who well okay we've got to put money for that fantastic who should we want we could ask the buildings well they haven't been nurturing their new talent for the last 10 years why did you think and they, they were going to be and they don't have permeable enough walls that they even know that they even go out enough from them to know what's out there what we need our theatres to do and we're okay if they're a little bit quirky and they do a little bit of things but that's that that is a a narrative that's normally through Lynn Gardner's blog and people shouting on Twitter the actual narrative of theatre in this country is there will be a Midsummer Night's Dream for you to see at any theatre wherever you live in the country this year and next year it will be Twelfth Night's Turn again that's the overarching narrative and occasionally something different happens and we'll go wow but then we revert back to type really quickly right so I just asked you what your legacy was and you said maybe there shouldn't be one basically this yeah. point, right so in ter- that's in terms of this place well, that's, I, didn't, I didn't answer about Holbeck, actually, because that's the other thing. Is Holbeck, when we moved in, was much rougher than it is now. And it's going so there's a little... point, because there are big ripples here. Yeah, so, so there is, so, but the area is really, really transforming and is amazing, and it's really undergoing, and, and Burberry's just built. So there used to be a massive wasteland and an empty warehouse, mm. and the warehouse is now going to be taken over by Burberry, and there used to be a massive wasteland and then empty houses, and those houses are populating. There's going to come a point in the future, where Holbeck don't want five scruffy railway arches with vans pulling up all night every night with a massive steel ship in the yard. They're going to want something else. Traditionally, what's happened is, at that point, I see the way the wind's blowing, and I say, why don't Holbeck deserve an art centre? And then we fundraise the art centre and we open it, and in ten years' time, no-one can understand why Alan Lane is doing Pinocchio, or whatever the fuck it is, for the 15th year running, and he's being angry with his staff. That's the wise thing to do. That's the mature and sensible thing to do. I hope we hold on no. And it, it may well be what I do. I got a kid. I ain't like shit, go and pay my bills and stuff. And it mm. turns out five hundred pounds a month is, is five hundred pounds a week ain't, ain't what it used to be. So maybe I do that. I hope I hold my nerve and go, No. You need something else. And that's not our job. Mm. Our job isn't to do that. Our job is we'll go somewhere else. We'll find something else and we'll start this process again and we'll go somewhere and where we go won't be like Holbeck and it won't have the same needs. So we might be the pay what you decide is no longer relevant. Might be that we need we need to we pay what you decide was the right solution to the problem we were presented with and then we started to scrutinise it and that's why we talk about it. Where we go might be you go, Wow, this is a completely different set of problems and we need a different solution and that solution is no longer pay what you decide. And I hope we have the courage to go well, that's exhausting, and now I'm in my mid-40s, and I don't want to reinvent it all again. And I hope I have the courage to go, yeah, but why would we not be useful? We're, you are what you do. Why would we, why would we come in and, and not respond to these people? It could be that as we grow, you know, we've got a show at the RSC coming up. You know, we can be fancy when we need to be. Maybe as Holbeck grows, so we grow, and we end up being the thing that Holbeck needs. 
Mm. I think probably that that won't be allowed to be an evolution. I think that at some point someone, and it's normally a developer, mm. property developer who realises that having that isn't it. Fine, that's the that's the law of the land. I never wanted to rip capitalism down. I just think you can create little pockets in it, and we'll go somewhere else. Do you really not want to rip it down? I, well, yeah, I do, but you have to say you don't, don't you? So people don't think that you're a proper commie. No, fuck that. Yeah. Let's normalise alternative I, ways of thinking. For me, for me, it's about creating space where people go. And people who come here are not in any way... They're not used to going to the theatre and they're not used to... They come here and it's only three days after us to go. So I can just choose whatever I want to pay for this food. Yeah. But it's really good food. Yeah, no one ever said that communal living had to be shit. Mm. And those and that and if, when that stops being useful in this place, so the legacy will be. Of course, there'll be a legacy. We will have made an impact, but I hope that we don't want the legacy to be that we are we are made comfortable. That's not a, that's not a driving force of us. Um, but that will require us, and it gets harder. It does. It it was much easier six years ago. And we're like, let's move into a cold railway arch, and now my, my knees hurt. <laughs> But that's and and that's also I think why there needs to be some sort of churn because I'm 37 and I shouldn't still be running a fast you know it's it, the the industry is not moving fast enough to incorporate the talent mm. and I'm definitely not talking about myself now and incorporate the talent that's coming through yeah. and people are hitting glass ceilings all over the shop and it, and I feel and I feel for the guys in the above and the two steps above that where the fuck are they meant to go where are you meant to go once you've run wherever for 10 years but. Ten years should oh, be the time. Yeah, go to the great hall of artistic directors. But it's it's a tough it's a tough gig. But like so many, especially the kids, we've had assistants that started out with us. You know, so there were a few years younger. Now I'm like, they just need to be put on the. You know, there was a great idea someone talked about. Thirty most exciting young companies, and by young I mean you know. <laughs> Rash Dash could be one yeah. of them, and they've done a show at the National for fuck's yeah, sake. Yeah. Give them a hundred grand. Give them 75 grand enough for the salaries for the main creators mm. and an office and some insurance and say, okay, but now you don't have to beg for every gig. And that makes a massive difference. So what we get here, we get 99 mm. grand a year, basically pays for the hub, and we, mm. um, partly because we lend our vans out, we spend a quarter of all our funding on insurance. But then we blow shit up and talk about terrorism in public squares, so you know, I'm glad we've got good insurance. And then the producer... And so we can run our books and everything else. That's it. That's the money has gone. In order to pay me, i gotta, I got to hustle. Hmm. And I like that fine. I don't want, you know, £300,000 and a, and a fleet of associates. That's why I make nine shows a year. But we could do that for the other companies. We could do that and go, okay. Now, what, how does that, what does that freedom give you? There are like four paid directors in Leeds. That's a real problem. You know, if you want a, someone to go on the news, you want someone to go on the radio, you want someone to write an article, that's what I'm paid to do. I'm going to talk to the university. That's, yeah. that's I have the money to be going, oh, okay, I'll do that, I'll hustle. And we've got people thinking reasonably intelligently about art and being public about it. I've got four. Everyone else is freelance. Well, they're, they're too busy trying to make a living. Yeah. That's, that's a problem. That's a problem. And I think they're all men. That's a problem. And everyone but me went to Oxbridge. That's a problem. Mm. It comes to something when Alan Lane is your most ghetto person. That <laughs> is a fucking problem. That is a problem. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else you want to say? No, I've had a lot of fun. Thank you very much for talking to me. Awesome. Thank you for talking to me. I'm going to wait. Do the washing up? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm living in all that. Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 